Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 92. B Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going great. 92, like 1992, like the what? SummerSlam 1992. <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays, World Series champions. Yeah, Joe Carter. Yeah, uh, 1992. What else did we get? Like, um, I think that was Bulls over the trailblazers yeah that's the year where michael jordan made all the threes and did the shrug thing that's so famous. oh yeah that's the shrug season 1992 anything else happened? barcelona olympics oh dream team dream wow. team yeah i like it uh what a year ironically we're not even talking about the 90s we're going even further back in time and talking about the 80s this is our fourth podcast in a four podcast series where we're touching upon the greatest cultural phenomenon um, pieces of media in the 1980s. We talked about, uh, that was a horrible way to categorize it, but we <laughs> talked about the best action movies. Um, I'm, you know, drinking my Redneck Riviera from last episode. So I'm going to be like limited coherency levels from here on out. That's also uh, a sign of the 80s. Yes. Limited coherency. <laughs> Um, I'm going to be a good old Bill Murray and Caddyshack for the rest of the <laughs> um, but We talked about our favorite action movies. We talked about our favorite comedies. Uh, we talked about our favorite, uh, in the last episode, we talked about our favorite albums. Now in this episode, uh, we are talking about our favorite TV shows from the 1980s. Oh yeah. I'm excited for it. There are a lot of, a lot of varying TV shows in the 80s. Not uh, that many that I, I watched with all that frequency, but it was fun to go back to to see what was out there. Yeah, I have a couple that I forgot were primarily in the 80s and then got excited about, and then some that I like completely forgot about. So that was a little nostalgia trip. Yeah, definitely. Um, but before we get to our top TV shows, and before we get to your whiskey, be pimp as I understand it. The listeners need to hear about it too. It appears that you have a beef. I do. And not only do I have a beef, but it's a very special boomerang beef because it's going out to me, B. What? All right, it's a, let's get to it then. This is B's beef. I don't eat meat, but I've got beef. B's beef. B's beef. So, as I mentioned, it's a very special boomerang beef. It goes out to myself, and here it goes. How can you not think of a topic for bees beef? The country is going to hell in a handbag, and you can't come up with one thing to rant about? What are you, some kind of simpleton? Did a bird fly into your head or something? You're a prize-winning nitwit if you can't find anything to rant about. You could barely throw a bag of lunch meat out your front door without hitting another reason to be dismayed these days. How is anyone supposed to trust that they can come to Whiskey Sessions podcast for some choice grade A beef if you can't find some during 2020? Get some windshield wipers for your eyes, for your eyeballs, numb nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, B, that was scathing. Yikes. I, you know what? It was a very meta B's beef. I like it. I'll, I'll defend you on this. 2020 has been such a shit show. Sometimes it's hard to focus on exactly what the problem is. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it in the aftermath of getting that barrage thrown at myself. I'm thinking about why. Um, and I think you're right. It's hard. It's like if like a, the Red Sea parted, but it was all bumblebees and they were just coming at you. You can't pick one of those bumblebees out. No, it, that is 
a perfect analogy for what 2020 is. It's a wall of bumblebees. Yeah, it's uh, no, a, a fitting bees beef for the times that we live in now. Yeah. Without a doubt. I couldn't uh, let myself right. slide. Yeah. Another thing that's fitting for 2020 is drinking those whiskeys. Uh, what do you got for this episode? I've got more bees. It's Blaum Brothers. Ooh, I like the bottle. Yeah. So it's uh, it caught my eye because it's prominently labeled as being from Galena, scenic Galena, Illinois. Wow. Which I was intrigued by. Um, it's got a nice first Illinois whiskey. I think so. Yeah, because I had three Floyd's white whiskey, but that's Indiana. And I don't Wisconsin for sure. Oh, no. Few is in Chicago. Oh, okay. You're right. So second one. First non-Chicago. I like it. Um, Galena's great. It's a great place. Used to go there as a kid a lot for like Columbus Day, which is a weird holiday to go on a vacation. But I guess it's fitting because it's close. But yeah, the bottle's got like a red, white, and blue theme. I liked the back. It's Mike Blom and Matt Blom are the Blom brothers. And their little um, label says, instead of inserting a hacky and fabricated story here, we will instead declare that we are a couple of scrupulous and unfeigned brothers whose sipping whiskeys have come unstowed. Scare up a glass and enjoy. Cheers from the Blom brothers. I appreciate that. There's no fake folklore that they feel like giving to you. They're just some brothers. They're brothers. They made a straight bourbon whiskey, uh, distilled and bottled in Galena, and it's fifty percent alcohol, hundred proof, easy to remember. They're not. They're no nonsense. No, that's pretty high. I mean, out of yeah. all the whiskeys we drank, I don't think it's ever higher than that. Oh yeah, you're right. Hundred proof is kind of high. Well, uh, hey, here's to hey, here we go to a good night. Here's to the Blom brothers. Um, so I'm pouring it into my Woodford reserve glass. That is the official tasting glass and it's on the rocks and the, on the rocks is a, a little, uh, different for you lately. You've been doing a lot of neats. It's, it's very hot today in Streamwood, mm-hmm. Illinois. So I'm kind of feeling the ice and I hope it doesn't detract from the Blom brothers product, but I don't think it will. No, I'm sure it won't. It's got a light caramely color and a very pleasant odor. I can't really pinpoint, trying to pinpoint something. It's a little, it's, it's got a little hint of spice in the odor, which is interesting. Interesting. Because it's a straight bourbon. So let's see what it tastes like. Oh my. So you give them thoughts. Okay. So when you, the first, the, the first thing you get the punch right up front is very smooth and caramely, but then when it hits the back of your throat and you swallow it, it's got a little bit of a kick and a spice and also kind of a wild card flavor. It's like a, this is going to sound bad. I don't mean it to, cause it's very pleasant, but it's almost like an earthiness. Hmm. Tastes like dirt. Is what you're saying. In a, if there's a way for it to taste like dirt in a good way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Honestly, this is one of my quickest decisions. It's going on the smooth train. Wow. I, I didn't even see there was no third sip that went into that. No, it's just really good. It's very no nonsense, just like the bottle, just like the 50% uh, alcohol so you can remember it. There's nothing fancy. It's just for a bourbon, it does exactly what I want. So yeah. for me, it's a no doubt smooth yeah. train. That's great because yeah, 50%, there's no doubt you're going to get a punch. And... I love how the bottle description 
doesn't try to split hair. doesn't try to come up with, you know, some eloquent way of describing itself. It's just saying, Hey, we're from Galena. You're going to enjoy this whiskey. And you do. I do. I can't, I can't say a bad word. I mean, and I will, I will say this much like the 50% alcohol, it did cost $50. Whoa. So a little bit of a pricey one, but for a local product uh, that I hadn't heard of, I will go back. I will spend another $50 on their bourbon because it's very delicious. Well, there you go. All right. If you are, you know, I'm not sure like the, the range of distribution that they have, but especially if you're in Illinois, go ahead and get yourself some local Illinois whiskey. Absolutely. With the, it's Blaum brothers. Yeah. B L A U M Blaum brothers. Go get it. Um, all right. Uh, glad to have another whiskey on the smooth train, especially one from Illinois. We are talking about our top five TV shows from the 1980s. So uh, I don't know about your list, B-Pimp. Mine spans cartoons to comedies to, well, actually, I guess that's it. But I considered other types of shows as well. What kind of mix do you have in yours? I've got a little bit of a mix. Um, I will. The thing that's interesting about mine is I think my top, two for sure and maybe another well my top two are both ones that i didn't include at first because i didn't think of them as 80s until i saw the years they were on mm. and then and then they became immediately no-brainers for me as my number one and two so that was kind of a little quirk but yeah it, it was fun to put together this one that's interesting i'm curious to hear what they are then all right so without further ado then let's get into it these are our top five 1980s tv shows more than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right. Uh, B-Pimp, what is your number five? My number five is characterized by the lovely Hawaiian Islands and the unmistakable charm of Tom Selleck. It's Magnum P.I. Oh, very nice. Um, I, I'll admit I'll mistake the charm for Tom Selleck. <laughs> but I still think that's a good pick. How you, so you're saying you, you're not a Tom Selleck fan? I'm not a Tom Selleck fan, and I don't know what it is exactly. I like, may, I haven't watched Magnum PI all that much, but Blue Bloods I find pretty hard to watch uh, the very brief occasions that I've seen it. And he's also gotten into some trouble in real life of watering his farms in California during droughts when he shouldn't have been. Well, that's not good. No. So he thinks he's above the law is what I'm saying. I don't think Magnum PI should think they're above the law. So he needs Steven Seagal lawman to come <laughs> yeah, put exactly. him in his place. Well, that's unfortunate to hear, but I do think Magnum PI is a great show. Um, I have recently started, it's on Amazon prime. So you can watch the seasons on there. And I've been taking advantage of that. And it, uh, it is just the right mix. Like we talked about with the action movies in the eighties. It's like all the plots are absolutely insane. The whole premise of the show is insane, but it's just carried by like a succession of weird villains and Tom Selleck. And then like, it's, I, it's just a great, it's a great show. I, love I it. think if you're telling me it's on Amazon Prime, I kind of do want to check it out because I've heard good things. I just haven't like thought to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's can't, can't blame me for that. I mean, I didn't until like last year or so it does. It's not one of the, the first things that comes to mind when you're thinking about, it, but once you get into it, it's pretty good. And it ran from 80 to 88. So it was almost a full 80s show. Whoa. 
that's like really yeah i didn't realize it ran for that long too yeah nice well good pick um my number five is a sitcom that i actually did watch a little bit as a kid even though i'm not sure what i even thought of it as a kid but it's night court that's Um, a good one so sitcom uh has harry anderson who r.i.p to my knowledge really never was an actor he was like a magician right yeah but he was a he was an entertain like he was a magician he was on like the carson show i feel like a lot mm-hmm. he was like one of those guys i mean so he had like the charisma for it but it was it's just, just funny that they had him for this and yeah it just kind of it it was an interesting show it never i feel like it never tried to be like outside of itself it was uh and it just had a funny cast and it always struck me like between John Larroquette and I forget the other guy who's like really tall and bald. Yeah. A very tall cast. <laughs> yeah. Richard something. I feel like his name is, but I can't remember the last name. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Good old night Corp. Just, just for me, it just feels like quintessentially eighties too. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. What's your number four? My number four and I'll hold up my glasses. I say it is cheers. Oh, good pick. So Cheers, I mean, everybody knows about Cheers. It's, I, it ran from 82 to 93, so most of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like the flagship show of NBC, you know, Ted Danson, you know, Norm. It's just like, it, I thought it was better with Shelley Long than Kirstie Alley personally, but it was always pretty entertaining. No, I think you're right. It was better with Shelley Long. Uh, but she had to start a movie career, I guess. Yeah, it, it, I mean, she made the right choice in hindsight, so. Yeah. Uh, what was that movie she was in? It was like Beverly Hills Girl Scouts. What was it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that didn't quite work out. But excellent, excellent show. You'll definitely hear more from it from me later. Okay. All right, my number, what are we on? Four. Four, yeah. My number four is th- this one I can't. I believe would not possibly be on your list. Uh, it was a sitcom called Small Wonder. Oh, I love Small Wonder, and I just forgot about it. Yeah, I almost forgot about it, too. Except, okay, here's why I'm putting it number four. First of all, have not seen an episode of the show in 27 years, at least. <laughs> uh, so the quality of the show, I have no idea. But, like... As a four or five year old, I had a weird crush on the robot girl. Okay. I can see. I mean, yeah, I understand. So I don't remember like much about the show at all, how it even functioned as a show. It seems like premise wise to be ridiculous. Although there's plenty of 80s sitcoms like Alf, for example, that have a ridiculous premise. Yeah. Um, which Alf just just missed my list but like i even had to like double check what this show was even called yeah because you think of it as like the tiny robot girl show yeah the tiny robot girl show it turns out it wasn't actually called that it was called small wonder in production it was that and then they were like well people aren't gonna remember blah 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 so that's my number four it feels like just like that one for me is the most weirdly like nostalgic of the shows and i don't think 
I think I will probably never watch it again. One day uh, I was hanging out with Keith and we like to try to find random things to watch. And I think we watched an episode of that. And the thing that stood out to me was I remembered small wonder that girl was doing great work as a robot, but (laughs) the, the human boy that was like the, her age in the family that she was in was hilarious. It was like this little blonde kid with glasses and he was, it was just like, it was just great. So the one episode I saw, I could say that was a great choice for you. Because I gotta say, there's there's quite a few '80s sitcoms too that had child actors, and really that can like how good that child actor is. I mean, it's a lot of pressure for a kid, obviously, but it does like kind of make or break the sitcom. Yeah, that's like Silver Spoons with what's his name, the little blonde kid. Yeah, and Family Matters, and wait, um, Full House, Full House. Mm-hmm. Why am I forgetting uh, Cameron, Kirk Cameron's show? Oh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Thanks. Uh, okay. What is your number four? My number three. Number three. Sorry. My number three is a show that ran from 1982 to 1989. It starred a young and preppy Michael J. Fox. It's Family Ties. Great pick. You know what? I think I hadn't seen that show quite enough to put it on my list, but what did you like about it? I love that show. Um, I love the fact that the parents were super liberal and Michael J. Fox loved Ronald Reagan and they played off that dynamic a lot. Um, his character, Alex B. Keaton, he wore like monogram sweater vests and the parents were like hippies. So mm-hmm. it was a fun dynamic. Uh, it's a very smartly written show. The father played by Michael Gross uh, worked for PBS and I like that. I just like a lot of the things that the show tried to do. I thought it was very funny. Uh, Tom Hanks guest starred on a few episodes as um, Meredith Baxter, Bernie, the mom's brother, Ned, who was an alcoholic. So they had like a very serious episodes about him being an alcoholic. Wow. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really memorable show. Like Lisa and I rewatched it not too long ago and it holds up. It's really funny. So I love, I love that show. Great pick. I, I think I would like to watch that show um, in part because I, I knew it had like those kind of like political aspects of it. And I would love to understand from an 80s perspective, like, like what politically that time was like and what it meant to actually like Ronald Reagan and what those sort of dynamics were. And I think it'd be interesting to watch that show. I recommend it. I think you guys would like it. If I get to see an alcoholic Tom Hanks, bonus. It's great. He he loses his mind and he's drinking like cooking sherry <laughs> in one of the episodes. It's not, I'm not making fun of the problem. It's just like the fact that it's a sitcom and they were like, oh, let's have Tom Hanks on and have him like have a serious issue that we have to deal with. It's very, they do it well, but it's just, it's weird. I like it. All right. My number three is uh, a show called Allo Allo. It's British. But it, uh, I think it, I, it was, we must have done a list that was British TV shows, right? At some point. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, so I think it was on my list for that too. Crossover onto this list though. And it's uh, just to describe it briefly again, though. It, um, British show, British sitcom. Um, it's a sitcom despite the fact that it takes place during World War II uh, in France. Um, and it's, uh, like a, a cafe um, that's that that's run there during World War II. So it's it's just like 
you know, probably would be for a sitcom considered a pretty heavy topic, but it was hilarious. Um, and if you are ever going through every so often that, because it would air on PBS like late at night. So that's how I got to watch it. And it was, you know, old episodes, I'm sure. Um, but great show. Highly recommend it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I meant to do it when you mentioned it on the other episode we did, but I'm taking a note now to check that out. It ran for longer than I thought to, especially for a British comedy. I think it ran for like a solid, like six or seven years. Oh, wow. But great show. Uh, all right. What's your number two? My number two um, is Taxi. Ooh, I almost put this on my list. I like wasn't sure if I should consider it an 80s show or not, but I think it was mostly 80s, right? It was. It that's what that's why I mentioned like these two. Um, this one specifically, it's 78 to 83, so the majority of it was in the 80s. There you go. But I never thought of it as, as an 80s show, so I was wrestling with it. But I love if you'll indulge me for a moment. I have a very special uh like a ta- like attachment almost to taxi i just you you know when you're a kid and you first discover certain things like you um for me the big ones are i'm a wrestling fan and i remember staying up late when i was like 10 11 12 and watching ecw which was extreme championship wrestling and it was on at like one in the morning on this local access uh indiana channel and I re- remember stumbling across it and being like, this is revolutionary. This is like a different thing that I've never seen. And it happens with music. Like I heard Metallica for the first time and I was like, holy shit, this is a thing I've never experienced. And I remember like they would show taxi on Nick at night. And um, I would, I was so used to watching like, these are not, this is not to denigrate other shows I used to watch. Like I love Lucy or whatever. But when that when I started to watch Taxi, I was like, oh, because like Danny DeVito's character is really sarcastic and mean. And Judd Hirsch is like a wholesome, like sharp witted main character, like a down on your luck kind of every man kind of guy. And it was just written in a way that was like really smart, very funny, very sarcastic, very just gritty. And I had never seen anything like that as a young kid. And it made me realize like that's what I like in humor. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that I'm like always looking for. So when you, when you experience something like that, it's just like a big moment. And it always, whenever I rewatch it, I'm just like, I go back to that, like discovering that for the first time. Yeah. I like, that is a great pick. And I feel like, uh, ahead of taxi, like that some of the 70s sitcoms really killed it for that sort of just like readiness and like realness that seemed to kind of like go away after that. And yeah. shows like taxi. Yeah. No, that's uh, an excellent pick. Now I'm, I'm curious as to what your number one is too. You said you didn't think of your number two or your number one as being 80 shows. Yes. Um, all right. My number two, which I didn't really think of as an 80 show, but it is an 80 show throwing it for a loop DuckTales. That's a great one. It's a great show. I think it was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. Um, I think most of what I saw of it was in the 90s, but it honestly almost, I think in its entirety actually aired in the 80s, uh, at least new episodes. So um, it fits that bill, uh, fits that duck bill, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but it's like a perfect show. It's There are like other shows that have done that, uh, like like Rescue Rangers is pretty good too. That was 80s. I think I would even have that on like my honorable mentions, but DuckTales is just 
perfect. Yeah, it's great. It's a great show. Um, all right. What is, now that we're down to it, your number one. Do you have any guesses? Has to be a show that you didn't think of as being 80s. Was it, okay, was it majority in the 80s? Yes. I'll even uh, tell you it was on the early end and not the late end. Um, that's tough. Like, I wanted to put MASH on my list, but the majority of it was in the 70s. Yeah, it's not that. If you don't, I'll just go for it, but I wanted to give you a chance. All right, let me try All in the Family. Nope. Shit, who is it? It's a show with some characters that are in a movie that was just on one of your lists. SCTV. Oh, damn it. They sh- that should be on my list. It was from, it started in 78 and ended in 84. Oh, man. And I just caught it at the very end when I was, I was like, wait a minute. Cause I, I was watching this morning when I, I was working out and I watched TV while I'm working out and I had my SCTV DVD on and I saw the year that it aired and it was like 1983. And I was like, and then it made me think, oh, I need to go see what years that aired. And it was 78 to 84. I had to do it. Number one, to this day, I rewatch it. Obviously, I just said this morning I was watching it, but like it's timeless, timeless sketch comedy. Totally timeless and such a great number one. I regret I'm putting it on my honorable mentions, but it's like more like my honorable mentions of shame that I didn't actually put it on my list. Does it just not? I mean, I would it, obviously it took I love that show. It's one of my favorite shows and I had to like stumble upon it at the end. So it must just be something about either not thinking that it was on in the eighties or right. Like not thinking of a sketch comedy show as like on the TV shows list. I don't know. It's so timeless. You don't even think of a decade that it aired. Yeah. That's maybe that's what it is. Okay. At the very least I'm retroactively kicking night court off my list, putting small wonder from four to five and at least putting SCTV to, to number four four now whoa i love it some shuffling and it could even go higher it's just i like it has to be on my list so that's that's a great pick um and you're right not thinking of it as an 80s show because i forgot it completely yeah it just kept it like i know that the best I, i mean for me that my favorite seasons are the first couple but i mean it still had great stuff throughout the whole show no great pick uh, my number one you mentioned earlier is Cheers. Nice. Just like I appreciate it much more in my adulthood than I did in my childhood, but it's like, oh, it's a pretty much a perfect sitcom. I, yeah, it's it, great. It fits. It just like it just feels great. Yeah, there's a, the the char- the mix of characters is really fun to observe. Like I, that's what I've always liked. No, from like, yeah, Ted Danson to Woody Harrelson to, you're right, Shelley Long with Better and Christie Alley. Uh, and just like, even even Kelsey Grammer, sort of. Although yeah. I love the pivot that that character made from Cheers to Frasier. Like in Cheers, he's like pretty crazy. Yeah. And like kind of, uh, I don't want to say violent, but like. Menacing? menacing (laughs) and then he becomes british and frazier yeah uh so i don't know great show um and just i i feel like just like when i think of 80s sitcoms too i think of cheers and it's just like a perfect set too 
Yeah, it's great. Like you can't underwrite like set design, um, and because it's this like you know with a lot of shows you're going to be looking at the set like half the time, but with Cheers you're looking at that set ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, I always associate with Cheers the um, the pool table with like the domed like stained glass cover with the light over it. That's like a cheers thing. Yeah. And it's just like, no, I really enjoy it. It's, it's very like comfortable and good show. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any honorable mentions? I did. I had a few. Um, I like the golden girls that was mainly on in the eighties. Uh, wonder years. I left off because it's from 88 to 93. So I consider it nineties. I also really like different strokes. Um, Newhart, Bob Newhart's other sitcom that was on from 82 to 90, which is super funny. Bob Newhart, uh, so funny. He's, I just love that, especially that show. Cause it had like, uh, I think I forget what their names are. It's like the three guys in town, Daryl, Daryl and Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> They're like three townsfolk that he always deals with. Um, and then two cartoons and one kind of like pseudo kid show, the transformers, the original one. Nice. Mask. Are you familiar with Mask? No. It was a it start it stands for Mobile Armor Mobile Armored Strike Command. It was like the Transformers but the, instead of being like robots that transform it was guys that wore these masks that like made vehicles appear. Weird. It was a great show. Um okay. and then my last one is Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh yeah, good pick in Pee-wee's. Yeah, mine were like Alf uh, Muppet Babies, and put it well. Okay, SCTV is now on my list, so now I have to have Night Courts and my honorable mentions, and Rescue Rangers as well. And then controvert. I don't know where. I don't know how this counts. Like, I watched a lot of the Cosby Show growing up. Yeah. Does, does it mean that like no longer exists? I don't want to like. All the other actors on the show don't like deserve to be forgotten. No, I agree. I, I personally, my personal choices, I just like, it may have been my number one yeah. at times. It's, I, I don't know how to think about it. Like if okay, Bill Cosby wasn't like a horrible monster, then it would be in my top three unquestionably. Yeah. So, there was, there was a time that, w- yeah, there was a time it would have been my number one hands down but I just, for myself, like I have to like ignore it, I guess. I, I don't know. It's probably not the right approach, but it's just like how I feel about it. I have no idea. Only to say that it was forgetting any context around it, like a really good show. Yeah, amazing. Some of the best like writing and, and the character development. And it's a great, I mean, really a great, great show. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, if we forgot some '80s shows, and I'm sure we did, we didn't really cover that many like '80s action shows. Like you covered Magnum PI, but there's like a whole host of like we didn't talk about MacGyver or anything like that. A Team, A Team, exactly. Um, I just haven't honestly seen enough of those shows. Yeah, I've seen more MacGruber than MacGyver. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Which I love that movie. It's great. Um, so. I know there are more shows out there. If we should watch some of those shows, if there are some shows we forgot about, please do let us know. Hit us up on our Twitter feed at Whiskey Sessions or let us know on our email, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And we'll read your email on a future episode, but we got to get to your emails for this episode. Uh, So let's do it. These are your emails. 
sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, so this email I got, it reads, Hey guys, congratulations on rounding 90 and heading toward 100 episodes. Are there any top fives you would do again, and how different would they be? This is from Francis in Vancouver, Washington. This is a fabulous question that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I have an answer ready. Wow, okay. Uh, Go for it. We just did drummers. And after we did top five drummers, I like dove headfirst into the waters of researching like all the greatest drummers in history and learning about probably 20 more than I would have ever considered for my list. And I think I would have a completely different list if we did drummers again. That's a good one. I like, like drummers. I bet my list would be different. Um, We just did like top five styles of beers, not what three or four episodes. yeah yeah and i think my list would already change for that i had pilsner as number one f that i would not put pilsner as number one i think i would put kolsch as number one right now cultures are so good yeah so i that stuff is hard it's just like what you're feeling in the moment yeah that's a great question though so yes i'm sure some of these would change and maybe we'll revisit a few of them especially ones that are like more volatile than others in terms of like how how they would change i just had an idea inspired by this email we could do like a series not a series in the sense that we'd have to do them at the same time but we could have like a redux version of episodes where it's like top five drummers redux and then that's marked separately and it means that we're redoing a list do you think like for that we've been watching the new unsolved mysteries on netflix same here it's amazing they're very good. I uh, I will say they're kind of different from what the original show was, but I still they're like really good. Um, Did you see the French one yet? Yes. Holy shit! I won't yeah. say anything else. <laughs> yeah, the French one is great. They're all good. the only one that's not that good is the UFO one, I think. But like that's just like personal preference. But I, I get why they threw it in there because it was like yeah, they always did that with the old show. For the folks that have watched like the new Unsolved Mysteries, they're only one story each episode, which I appreciate. But like the old version of the show would do such, would do more than one. They'd do like three or four stories per episode. And the transitions were so rough. Yeah. I mean, like there's no way they could do them better, but they would like go from a very serious, maybe even somewhat recent murder where they interviewed the family of the person and then they'd, they'd go straight into a UFO story. Yeah. Like like nothing. So I appreciate that they did do some like supernatural, did at least like one supernatural episode, um, but it was a little bit on the boring side compared to the rest of them. But still, it, they did a good job with it. I've heard a couple of people complain that they miss having a narrator. I don't. I don't because there's no way they could, uh, excuse the pun, stack up. No, exactly. We Lisa and I just had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Robert so, Stack is a legend and could not be replaced. Yeah, so I I, I find just like don't even try. You just right. don't do it more. And it was fine with that one. Yeah. Um but going back to my original point, which was what again? I don't know. Oh man, did I forget? We were talking about top fives. Anyway, who cares? That we would redo. It was the redux. The redux. Point is what the new version of Unsolved Mysteries doesn't have yet, at least, is updates. Exactly. 
So maybe we can get Robert Stack saying, update, like, really <laughs> intensely and kind of scarily. Uh, and then we'll have updates on what our lists are. Top five drummers, update. Update, redoing all of them. Yeah. Ryan Burkett is number one. He should have been. He should have what, what an insult to J-Rock. I'm sorry, J-Rock. Oh, yeah. Apologies. Um, all right, what do you have in the old email inbox? Salutations. Much like the many different types of session beers you can find out on the market, which would be the best session whiskey? I want something I can knock back six or seven glasses of and still drive a go-kart. Also, okay. can you help me figure out how I got my nickname? Sincerely, Paul, questionable judgment, McDonald. Is the nickname McDonald or is the nickname questionable judgment? I think it's questionable judgment. He had it in parenthes- or, uh, quotes. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then. Um, man, session whiskeys. If you even categorize them as that, you might have a problem. <laughs> that's, I think that's what I was trying to figure out where old Paul was coming from. Like, did he just see our name whiskey sessions and think, Oh, I flip everything. So session whiskey, or is he really looking for a session whiskey and should we send some help? I don't know. I'm trying to think like how, what, what alcohol percentage would you need in a whiskey to consider it a session whiskey? It'd have to be like below 30, right? Yeah. I feel it. It would have to be like a 20% or something. Yeah. Then it could be like a session whiskey, I guess. But even then you gotta be careful. I mean, yeah, it's still more than wine. I'm, you don't see companies attempt that though. Like no. I have not seen a whiskey below like maybe 35 or 38 or something like that. What if, do you think it would be, is there a market for that? I, what I think without having the actual knowledge to answer this, I think if it, if you can get the percentage low enough to make it a session whiskey, it would no longer be an actual whiskey. Right. <laughs> I agree it, with that. It would be some kind of like, like monstrous concoction that would not actually be a whiskey. No, nah, it probably wouldn't be good either. Huh. Well, but it is something to think about. But Paul, please, uh, if your nickname is questionable, questionable judgment, I can only imagine what you've gotten into. And I just hope that you're safe. Yes. Please stay safe, Paul. Um, if you know, you want to send us an email that we read on a future episode, please do. You can hit us up at whiskey sessions, music, gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll read that on a future episode, but that's it for this episode. Uh, it's been a four part eighties extravaganza. Maybe we got to talk about some nineties stuff. Maybe we got to talk about some whatever stuff next, whatever you'd like to see in a top five, uh, let us know. And we'll uh, talk about it on our next episode. Uh, again, that's whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com, but that is it for episode 92. Be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? My name is B excellent judgment pimp. I, I find your judgment to be of the highest caliber. Yes. That's, uh, that's why I got the nickname. Excellent. <laughs> Barely begins to describe it. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah. Until next time, this is Amen. Saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye bye.